Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Wednesday, April the 19th, 2023, at 12.16 p.m. Central Time. Now, if you can, if you can, open your Bible to the book of Galatians. If you can, I know some of you listen while you're driving or you're at work or you're you're working around the house and you may not be able to actually open a Bible. So if you can't, I understand. But if you can, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to look at a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, Galatians chapter 5, notice verse 22, Galatians chapter 5, we'll start in verse 22, once again, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we read these words, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections uh, and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. But note that that passage, verse 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's go through them again. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Today's focus The fruit of the Spirit, but specifically, here's what I want you to consider today for today's focus. I want you to really think about this. Is there a prerequisite that is required in order for the Spirit to produce the fruit? Is there a prerequisite? Does something have to happen? Is there something that must be present in order for the Spirit to produce the fruit? In other words, the Spirit is there and like, okay, there's the Holy Spirit. I want to produce this fruit, but wait, 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 wait. Um, you're, 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 there's a prerequisite. You have to, you have to have that. Something must happen. Something must be present in order for the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit. Have you ever given that much thought? Have you ever come across teaching in that way? Well, I'm asking that question because this morning I was listening to a message on the Sermons 2.0 app, and that seems to be what I, at least what I think was being implied. Now, I'm not going to be dogmatic at this moment, but I am going to do this. We're going to play the audio, and then we're going to discuss it, and you can tell me what you think. Do you think that they were claiming, hey, look, the Holy Spirit will not produce fruit unless this is there. This is the prerequisite. You don't get the fruit of the Spirit unless you have this. Meaning, if if you have to have this in order for the Spirit to produce the fruit— then whatever this thing is, isn't something the Holy Spirit produces. Unless the Holy Spirit produces this before. Like, this raises all kinds of theological questions. But I I found it interesting, and so I thought I would give this to you for your today's focus. Now, what I love about this is this comes from a sermon on Deuteronomy chapter 8. And if you have been participating in the Bible study exercise this week, you know Deuteronomy chapter 8 and Matthew 4 is what you're supposed to have been spending a lot of time on so far. It's Wednesday. You're supposed to be spending a lot of time in those two chapters. So it's on Deuteronomy chapter 8. So it fits with the Bible study exercise. It also gives us something else to focus on. So for your spiritual benefit, for your spiritual enrichment, for your spiritual nourishment, 
let us focus in on a sermon on Deuteronomy chapter 8, and let's listen carefully to see if they say, if the speaker here says, hey, you want the fruit of the Spirit? Here's the prerequisite. You would think the prerequisite would be, I have the Spirit, but it appears, at least to me, that they're claiming it's something else. See, if you hear it, tell me what you think. Here we go. Let's go to the audio. Join us now for the Chapel Hour, coming to you from the campus of Bob Jones University. Today's message was preached during a Sunday morning worship service held on the university campus. Following the reading of the scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 8, our speaker will be Dr. Jim Berg, Dean of Students at BJU. The title of his message is, What is a Wilderness Good For? I'd invite your attention again to Deuteronomy chapter 8. All right, so now you got all of the background. Uh, uh, the wilderness, good for what? And you can find this on the Sermons 2.0 app. I would challenge you to go listen to the whole sermon. I always try to do that. You you have a little bit of the con- context. And remember, I'm not reviewing this because I'm trying to be super critical. I'm just reviewing it because I'm super interested in like, wait, I don't know if I've ever heard this perspective and I want to br- bring it to you so that you'll focus on it today. Maybe you'll go listen to all of that sermon. That's always a good thing. And then we can hopefully have a good conversation about this. So are you ready? All right. The the wilderness, good for what? Obviously, it's from Bob Jones University. I think he, this is the dean of students. They're going to have someone read and then he's going to come up to speak. He's going to read all of Deuteronomy chapter eight. So what, we accomplished something else here because I've been telling you to be reading Deuteronomy chapter eight over and over and over and over. So now you get to hear it read. See, I'm, I'm helping you with everything. See, aren't you see, don't you love how all of the different podcasts all fit together? Kind of, at least in my mind, or it doesn't always work that way, but here we go. Dr. Jim Berg, Dean of Students, is our preacher of the morning, and he has asked that we read this entire chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 8, we find this. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, 
And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And I'll say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Okay, there's the reading of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Much there to consider. If you've been working on the Bible study exercise, I would love to hear from you what jumps out in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Like right there, the reading of that, what jumped out at you? Now, a specific verse jumped out at me this time. Like, uh, I've been reading it, but all of a sudden today, a completely different verse jumped out at me. Just absolutely, yeah, 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 I, 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 I'm looking at it right now. I'm not going to tell you which one, but one specific verse jumped out at me in this reading. And uh, may, maybe we'll, we'll, we won't talk about it now because I don't want to go full blown talk about the Bible study exercise. But if you are participating out of Deuteronomy chapter eight today, which verse jumped out at you and why? But that's not what we're here to discuss. I would love to know that. How are they going to do, you talk about now? This is this is what I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by. The sermon is on Deuteronomy chapter 8. How is Deuteronomy chapter 8 going to lead to a preacher saying, hey, you want the fruit of the Spirit? Here's the prerequisite. Does Deuteronomy chapter 8 give you the prerequisite in order for the Holy Spirit to produce fruit? And if so, what is the prerequisite Deuteronomy chapter 8? gives us oh we've got questions we've got questions right here okay are you ready Let, let's let's listen to this i'm i'm fascinated to see how we're going to get there here we go and the lord will bless the reading and preaching of his word hope you'll turn to deuteronomy chapter 8 with me this morning as we meditate on what god has for us here we hear much today about the need for christ likeness and the formation of Christ-likeness in the life of the believer is at the core of our mission here at BJU. And I want us to think once again, when you take the body of a human being... Okay, now before he gets into his little thing, just once again, the formation of godliness. Remember we just did a, I think we did a today's focus talking about knowledge or obedience, knowledge or conduct. Which is it? Where's the emphasis? Well, in Christianity, it's always in, in care. It's always in conduct. It's always in obedience. It's always, that seems to always be the emphasis, all right, versus knowing. So just... Just want to connect it to some other things that we've discussed, but let's back this up a little bit. Hopefully I didn't back it up too much. Let's listen to this. All right, here we go. To humble them. 
All right, wait a minute. We we went forward. We didn't go backwards. Let's go backwards. All right, here we go. Let's see if we went back too far. Here we go. That God has exalted him and given him. Nope. We didn't go back far enough. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to go back even farther. Here we go. Saw in the glory of God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Still, we didn't go back far enough. It jumped way ahead, obviously. I apologize for this. Here we go. Latter end, and I'll say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will bless the reading and preaching of his word. Hope you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8 with me this morning as we meditate on what God has for us here. We hear much today about the need for Christ-likeness and the formation of Christ-likeness in the life of the believer is at the core of our mission here at BJU. And I want us to think once again, when you take the body of a human being and you put it entirely under the control of God, Fill it with God. You come out with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be Christ. Take the body of a human, fill it full of God, and you have what we saw in the glory of God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Christ's likeness, it is, it is God's desire for us who have human bodies to come under such domination of the Spirit of God ourselves that we look like Him to those around us. Okay, so this is a common idea, and you can, you can process this today, that what God wants is that you will come under the control, the dominion of the Spirit, to such a degree that you will look like Jesus to those around you. Now, is that... Is that, can that really happen? Is that even possible? Because look, if I'm going to be under the control of the spirit to that degree that I look like Jesus, I'm sorry, you're pretty, you're coming very close to, to calling for Christian perfectionism. You're coming very close to calling for perfectionism. You really are. And, and, and the thing is, is if all it takes is the spirit to take dominion over us, why doesn't the spirit just take dominion over us? And you say, well, I can, I can resist the spirit. So I'm stronger than the spirit. So God wants me to look like Jesus, but God can't accomplish it without my, without me giving approval to it? I mean, I mean, this raises lots of theological questions. Look, God wants you to look just like Jesus, and he's got the mechanism to do it. It's called the Holy Spirit, and all you have to do is surrender to the Holy Spirit, and dun, dun, da da you're perfect. Well, no, 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 you're not perfect. Well, if I'm not perfect, then he doesn't have to, if he's, if he has dominion over me, it would have to be perfect, right? So all I've got to do it's just say, spirit, take, like what, what, is there a magical formula? I, I just find it interesting 
once again, that we have this kind of idea. It's so prevalent in Christianity. God wants us to basically be perfect. He, that he has the tool to do it. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, when I say the tool, uh, he sent the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish this. One God, three distinct persons. You get the idea. But he, he the Holy Spirit is there in order for this to be accomplished. But it, it, it can get messed up, I guess. I, 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 yeah, so many questions. All right, here we go. Let, let's see. But I still want to know how we're going to get from this. And I think maybe you're starting to see the transition. We're in Deuteronomy 8. But we're getting ready now to go to, I guess, the fruit of the spirit. I, I don't know. Like, what, what, how are how are we going to connect these? And it's very interesting that the most dominant when you take a Bible, when you take a human body and fill it under the control of God, the most dominant characteristic that comes out of that human body, out of that person, is humility. Okay, so if you take the human body. And it, it's completely surrendered or submitted to the dominion or, or, or the spirit takes dominion. So I'll try to use the words as correctly as I can. You take a human body and it comes under the complete dominion and control of the spirit. The number one characteristic that will arise from it is humility. So humility is the number one sign to demonstrate whether you are under the complete dominion of the spirit. If you, if you are under the complete dominion of the spirit, then humility will be the number one characteristic. Okay. So it's the dominion of the spirit that produces humility in you. All right. Now just stay with me. Let's follow this. And it is for that characteristic, that quality, that God the Father honored His Son, Jesus Christ. And we see that in Philippians 2, a passage that most of us have memorized, that we are to let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus. And it says, and being, and goes on and says, And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient. But it wasn't just a generic obedience. He became obedient even unto death. He sustained his obedience to the Father in humility even unto death. But it wasn't just a normal death. It was sustaining his obedience and his humility to the Father unto death, even a cross-like kind of death. And it is for that kind of humility that God has exalted him and given him a name above every name. It is a humility of Jesus Christ. Humility is the raw material out of which all of the other virtues are formed. All right. Humility is the raw material in which all the other virtues are formed. That, now that's, a, that's a powerful quote. It's humility. That's the raw material. And then all the other characters flow from humility. Okay. All right. Okay. What does this got to do with fruits of the Spirit? Okay, just, just stay with me. Let's keep listening. It is the raw material out of which all of the fruit of the Spirit are formed. Oh, there you have it. Humility is the raw material in which all the fruits of the Spirit is formed. In other words, if you want the fruit of the Spirit, it's, pre, it's 
The prerequisite, what precedes it is humility. Humility must be there because that's the raw material which the fruits of the spirit flow from. Now, now th- this is, this is interesting. So that would seem to indicate the fruit of the spirit is not humility. The, the, you don't, the, the, the humility is the prerequisite. Okay. You want fruits of the spirit. You have to have humility. So, but wait, so, but is it the spirit that produces the humility? And if the spirit is producing a humility, wouldn't that be a fruit of the spirit? How is the humility produced? Is it produced by the spirit or is it produced by something else? Because I have to have this humility because that's the raw material in which then the fruits of the spirit are formed. I know I think all of us want the fruits of the spirit, but it looks like I've got to get humility first. That that's the prerequisite. Let's let's see if he fleshes this out any more for us. For without humility before God, he will not produce his spirit, his fruits of the spirit in our lives. Okay, now we just went dogmatic. Without humility, he will not produce the fruits of the spirit. If you do not have humility, he will not produce the fruits of the spirit. So not this is this is more than a prerequisite. It's an absolute essential. Without it, you don't get it. If you if you lack humility, you don't get the fruits of the spirit. Now, I'm a little baffled because if I go back now, we're still in Deuteronomy 8. I mean, that's the text. But if we go back to Galatians, I'm just going to ask. I'm just curious here. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Now, I wonder is I'm just I'm just curious. Let's just look up. I'm going to look up meekness. I'm going to look up meekness. I'm going to look up meekness. I could be wrong here, but I'm going to look up meekness. I think you probably know where I'm getting ready to go here, but let's go. Let's let's look up meekness. Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Let's go with meekness. The antilinear says meekness is this Greek word. Here we go. You ready? Here's the Greek word for meekness. Strong's G, 4236. Praates. 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 It is uh, used nine times. And look at Strong's definition. Praates is gentleness by implication, humility. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the prerequisite to get without humility, God will not produce the fruits of the spirit. But one of the fruits of the spirit is meekness, which means humility. (laughs) Praates. Uh, I, it, I see here, I'm looking at Thayer's Greek lexicon. Uh, let's see here. See if they're giving me any, any great uh, insight here. Not giving me a lot of great insight, a lot of, a lot of scriptures, but Strong's definition really c- connects it to humility. Is there a connection between meekness and humility? Is there a connection between gentleness? I don't know if gentleness will. Let's go back to it. Uh, we have long-suffering gentleness. Let's see. Let's go to uh, gentleness. I don't know if gentleness will have anything here. Um, no, this one doesn't have anything in regards to uh, humility, but meekness seems to. So, so I, I, I've got to at least question this. I mean, this is at a university. This is the dean of students. This is chapel. I mean, people go here to learn scripture, right? 
and you're being told that, hey, you don't get the fruits of the spirit without humility. God will not even produce the fruits of the spirit unless you have humility first. Now, I'm going to see if I can back this up just a little bit. All right, here we go. You feel like you can't move forward because you're wanting something. All right. I'm, not, I'm sorry. We Once again, it goes the direction I don't want it to go here. All right, here we go. See if I can back this up. To look here at Deuteronomy 8 and look at what and answer the question, what is a wilderness good for? Well, all right, we got to back it up even more. Got to back it up even more. All right. Here we go. We'll try to get it all fixed again. Unto death, even a cross-like kind of death. And it is for that kind of humility that God has exalted him and given him a name above every name. It is a humility of Jesus Christ. Humility is the raw material out of which all of the other virtues are formed. It is the raw material out of which all of the fruit of the Spirit are formed. For without humility before God, He will not produce His Spirit, His fruits of the Spirit in our lives. I spoke to you uh, some days, weeks back, uh, on a message I called a, a call to order. Order is the arrangement of things according to God's scheme. And humility is a willingness to order our lives according to God's scheme of things. The title here could be called A Call to Humility, but that's not what the title is. The title, in fact, is What is a Wilderness Good For? What is a Wilderness Good For? In this passage that we read this morning, God summarizes the entire wilderness wanderings ex experience of the children of Israel and says that it is a prearranged test to humble them, to bring about this quality that God admires most in humanity under His control. All right, so I, I, I'm trying to figure this out, and I really, and I really, and again, I don't want to, I'm not going to play the whole sermon. I want you to go listen to it yourself. The wilderness, uh, good for what? I want you to, I want you to go listen to the whole thing. I really, really do. Um, but I really want you to, for today's focus, as I'm just trying to understand how this works, right? Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Everyone should want that. Everyone should desire that. Everyone should want that to be the character and quality and attributes in their life. I want that. We should all want that. We all fall short of it every single day. I hope you acknowledge that. We do. Now, he comes along and says, hey, 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 the reason you're not getting the fruit. I mean, he he's saying the only way you're going to get the fruit of the Spirit is you have to have humility. So in a roundabout way, what he is saying, and I will infer this because I think it is clearly implied, is, hey, guys. You don't have fruit of the Spirit. The reason you don't have the fruit of the Spirit is you are not humble. You have to be humbled. You get humility, you get the fruit of the Spirit. But isn't it the Spirit that produces the humility? Or is he going to say, here's what God does. There you are. He's like, okay, I got to get them the fruit of the Spirit. First thing I have to do is I have to humble them. And the way I humble them is I, God is going to bring then external factors into our lives to break us, to humble us. Then he can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Meaning that someone may not have the fruit of the Spirit for five, ten. I mean, like, how long does it take before humility really sets in? Like, so should we... 
Like you can look at someone and go, man, they don't have any fruit of the spirit. It's not because it, the, the reason is they don't have humility. God has, and God is, the, if God is the one who produces the humility by bringing tragedy, difficulty, trial into your life, then really the lack of humility is not my fault. It's God's fault because God is the one who has to bring the things into my life in order to break me. And if I'm missing the fruit of the spirit, it's not my fault. It's God's fault because God hasn't humbled me. Once God humbles me, then he'll get the fruit of the spirit. Because God cannot produce this fruit without humility. Is that is that the order? Is that is that how it works? Hey, the prerequisite is humility, then fruit. And we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, where God then brings these things, difficulties into the life of Israel in order to break them so they will be humbled, so they'll get the fruit of the Spirit. But wait a minute. If Israel is humbled by this situation, are they humbled or are they not humbled by it? Because if they're humbled by it, how much fruit of the Spirit shows up in their life? If they're being used as the test case, let's just listen to a little bit more. So I want us to look here at Deuteronomy 8 and look at what and answer the question, what is a wilderness good for? Well, the first thing we have to ask is what is a wilderness? We know what it was for the children of Israel. It was 40 years of of wandering about in some desert conditions. What are these? Now, I want you to know they wandered around for 40 years so people could die, 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 die. People were dying for those 40 years. Okay, so just so that we understand that, right? Okay, all right. The experiences that we would have that would qualify to be called wildernesses, the things that God uses to humble us as he used the wilderness to humble the children of Israel. Did he use the wilderness 40 years to humble them or did he use the wilderness for 40 years so that they could all die off? And did the next was the next generation who came forward after all of those people died off, were they truly humble? Because they cross into the promised land and how fast before they stop doing, they don't drive out all the heathen. They start intermarrying and they start disobeying. And the next thing you know, they want a king. And the next thing you know, they're in Babylonian captivity. And the next thing they know, they're in Assyrian captivity. And so... How humble did they did they become? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of questions. I know this preaches good. It preaches a good sermon, but I've got questions here. So here's the question for the day. And I want you to go listen to the rest of that sermon. Is there a prerequisite that must be met before the spirit will produce that fruit? Now, we could get into a discussion exactly how that even looks. How does that even work? There's so many questions we could have about it. But if we're going to go with this basic concept, the spirit produces fruit in your life. But the reason he may not be doing it is you haven't met the prerequisite. The prerequisite is humility. Is it humility that is the prerequisite for the fruit of the spirit? Or is a, is humility a part of the fruit of the spirit? And if God is the one that has to make you humble by bring, putting you in the wilderness. Well, then if you're not producing fruit, it's because you don't have humility and you don't have humility because God hasn't put you in the wilderness. So then does that mean God not want you, doesn't want you to produce fruit? 
inquiring minds want to know. I'd love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I do apologize for trying to back up the audio. I was having some technical difficulties there. Um, yeah, it's acting weird today. Typically, um, it gives me the time. And when I move it back, it just shows me it's going all of a sudden, every time I try to move it back, it just disappear. The numbers would disappear. So I'm like, you know, all my 34 minutes and 59 seconds, I would start moving it back. And I'm like, I have no idea where I am now because the time would just disappear. So a little frustrating, but hopefully mm, that little mess up did not take away from what I want you to focus on today. Is humility a prerequisite for the fruits of the spirit? And if it does, if it is, then how do we understand all the things that I have mentioned today? That is your today's focus for Wednesday, April the 19th, 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a wonderful day. <laughs>